Welcome, welcome. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm glad to uh, be gathering here with you this afternoon. Um, thank you again for your patience and your uh, willingness to kind of work this season out with us. Um, it is a, a unique time um, that we are finding multiple ways and different mediums to gather together, but nonetheless, we still get to do that. So this morning, I'm thankful that we're, in the, or this afternoon, I'm thankful that we're together in this. Um, would you open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 15? And that's going to be our scripture focus for this morning. Acts chapter 15, and we're going to be reading verses 36 through chapter 16, verse 5. Now, all of us are, are in our homes right now. We're with our families. Maybe we're with our roommates, with our, some of our close friends. But we want to approach God's word with the same intention as we would when we gather together in person. So if that means standing for you, then I'd encourage you to stand right now. If that means sitting more upright because maybe you're in a confined spot like I kind of am, I'm going to be doing that. However it may be, I'd encourage you to do that right now as we approach to read God's word together. So we're going to be reading Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through chapter 16, verse 5. After some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul insisted that, we should not, that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord. They traveled through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Paul went on to Derbe and to Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places since they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me real quick? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace and the ability you have provided for your people to gather together, even though we are apart physically, we are together spiritually and mentally, and we thank you for that. We thank you for bringing us together in spirit and in mind, and I pray now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts with encouragement and hope so that we might be strengthened by your gospel. In Christ's name, amen. So over the past few months, uh, my family and I, we've been doing something I've been particularly excited about, and that is we've been 
listening and reading the Chronicles of Narnia, one of my favorite book series. And we just finished The Horse and His Boy. And I, what I love about the Chronicles of Narnia is that within each book, there's kind of this surprising new piece of Aslan, or the, the Jesus figure. Um, it's some surprising new piece of his character that develops and unfolds throughout the story. And in the climax of the story, Shasta, this boy, and he's the main character, he finds himself lost in the uncertainty of the events around him. He had to leave his friends behind, and one of them got injured along the way, and there's this war that's breaking out between these two kingdoms, and here he is finding himself going back to in a direction he's not really sure of, on a slow donkey, and he doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And overwhelmed and alone in this, he begins to cry at his luck and the thoughts of others. But suddenly, he finds himself walking alongside Aslan. And Aslan does something really interesting. As he comforts Shasta, he explains all of the intricate ways he had been working in and through his people all along. These movements were preparing Shasta and his friends for that moment, for that time, to be exactly where they are now. And it's that, it's that word that, and that encouragement is what fills Shasta with this new strength to look into the future, no longer with fear, but with hope. He realizes that he's had a part to play all along in this mission. And our passage today tells us a similar story of how in seasons of uncertainty, we can rest in God's grace to strengthen believers and to fulfill his mission. The beginning of our passage, it starts by describing this event that led the surrounding church to a season of uncertainty. Paul and Barnabas, the power team, who had just embarked on this first missionary journey five years prior, they're now planning their second trip to revisit the churches. But as we've heard from our passage, the two, they have this disagreement over who they should take. And both being leaders in the church, they, we see that they're approaching their ministry efforts differently. As we can overview in verses 37 and 39, again, it says, Barnabas, he wanted to take John Mark with him, or we would call him Mark. But Paul, he doesn't want to take him because this is the same Mark that deserted them in previous chapters in Pamphylia. That was the, one of the most difficult moments in their journey together. He abandoned them, and he left, and he went back home. He wasn't ready for the work. And they had such a sharp disagreement over this that the two part company. Barnabas, he takes Mark with him and he sails off to Cyprus while Paul, he takes Silas and he goes on the journey that he had originally intended. Now, within these few verses, what are we experiencing? What are we seeing here? What we aren't witnessing is an argument between, of right and wrong. Rather, we are seeing a disagreement of convictions. Notice Luke, he doesn't say who's right or who's wrong because both have valid convictions here. He's saying they're both right. They're just approaching it differently. 
This is precisely why the church is in this moment of uncertainty. It isn't, it, their separation isn't caused by sin, and it isn't caused by circumstance. It's caused by two convictions being pulled in different directions, leaving the church asking the question, what happens next? What is God up to? But though the church can't see it yet, they will later come to discover that this season of uncertainty is actually a season of growth behind the scenes and soon to be in front stage, God is at work strengthening his people for multiplication. Let me quickly explain these two convictions here a little deeper. And I think that we can, because I think we can learn a lot from them. Paul has a conviction to lead and he takes Silas. Barnabas has a conviction to encourage and takes Mark. Paul is looking out for qualified leaders. He's looking for individuals who are strong in the faith during a difficult mission. He needs strong soldiers to be able to go out and declare God's word and strengthen believers in a season and in difficult moments of persecution. He, this task is hard and it shouldn't be taken lightly. So he describes this mentality and the kind of ministers he's looking for in 2 Timothy. And this is the kind of language that he uses that gives us um, color to what he's looking for and to who he's kind of praying that God would lead his way. 2 Timothy says, be strong in grace. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Right? 2 Timothy, again, it says, be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved. All of this language demonstrates for us paints a picture like a general looking for troops to see who has the natural inclination towards leadership. Mark didn't fit the bill. But Paul knew that God was preparing another for the task. Paul has a conviction to strengthen through leadership, equipping them to imitate him as he imitates Christ. But what do we see in Barnabas? Barnabas has the conviction to encourage. Barnabas took the approach to disciple through encouragement and to build Mark back up. He saw a brother discouraged at his choices, and he felt the most important thing that he could do right now, the most important thing he could do is to come and walk shoulder to shoulder and build him back up. Honestly, Barnabas is the friend that we all want and the friend we want to be like. Barnabas is a reflection of the same encouragement Jesus had towards his friends who betrayed him. And this is the legacy that Barnabas leaves because this is the last time that Luke mentions his name. What an inspiration of grace. I mean, walking side by side with a previously failed missionary to strengthen him through encouragement. And we know that this would be a success too because this same Mark would go on 20 years later to write the Gospel of Mark. Both are right in their convictions. 
which is why both are used to strengthen believers. God is separating them to multiply them. There's grace in both. Friends, in this season, I believe that we are already witnessing leaders being born through new leadership and encouragement. In this season, yes, we have to stay inside, but friends, we don't have to be idle. Leverage your convictions towards strengthening believers. Notice that when they left each other's company, they didn't stop. They pressed in. They pressed in to Christ. What is stirring your heart right now? How do you see him moving behind the scenes in the midst of relationships absorbed in fear? Don't underestimate your convictions. They may be just what he is using right now to strengthen his people. Press in. Ask for the Spirit's guidance. Ask him, how have you prepared me for this time right now that we're in? How are you using me to lead? How are you using me to encourage? I think together we're about to see God's mission being fulfilled through his people. Leadership and encouragement. Now let's see together how the entire church is strengthened in chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Together we see God's grace strengthening believers. Says Paul, he goes on to Derby and to Lystra, and this was those last towns that he went to before. And there we meet a disciple named Timothy, the son of a, a Jewish believing woman. It, but his father was a Greek. Now, what we see here is that the brothers and sisters in Lystra and Iconium, they speak so highly of him. And Paul and Barnabas, I'm sorry, Paul and Silas, they're looking for another leader to, to join them and another leader to equip along this journey. And it's amazing to me that young Timothy is chosen, this young, meek and mild man with a heart for Jesus and a passion to serve his community. Like, for, I mean, just, just notice this here. There's no memo sent out. No one quite knows that Paul's coming for this purpose. And yet, and yet the Spirit is working in and through his people. In moments of, un of uncertainty, natural leaders always rise to the surface. Paul asks how the church is doing, and people naturally bring up Timothy's leadership. And this is the reason why. It's because this type of leadership is a leadership of service. He sees a man that is leading his people through serving them. And that's the kind of guy he's looking for. And notice, too, the comfort that God brings already. This moment, it isn't about luck. It's not about just... Um, this moment just happening by chance. No, this is God's providence. God was strengthening Timothy for this moment. This was his time to serve the greater church. And I think there's a few principles that we can take from this interaction. The first is this. A church is strongest when leaders are developed within. 
A church is strongest when its leaders are developed within. Timothy is best equipped to serve and disciple because the church served and discipled him. They raised him up. And we cannot allow a moment of quarantine to stop our efforts of discipleship and serving one another. We cannot stop at that. This week alone, our church has dug deep to find new creative ways to press in in serving one another. And friends, we are not stopping. We can't stop at this. Our service to one another is far more important and has far more future implications than we see right now. This is, this is crazy because right now I'm looking at the news and I see through BuzzFeed or whatever, there's all of these celebrities that are saying to you, to you right now, this is your time to take a break. Actually, it's not. No, it's not your time to take a break. You can't stop. Don't stop your efforts. Just because you're not physically with someone doesn't mean that you have to be idle and you have to stop what you're doing in your discipleship to them and strengthening them. Now's not the time to stop. Now's the time to press in. Here's the second thing that we can see is that Timothy took personal measures to fulfill God's mission. Timothy took personal measures to fulfill God's mission. And what I'm referring to is he got circumcised to minister well and prevent any kind of cultural barriers. Now, we know in previous chapters that he didn't do that as a means of salvation. That's what this whole letter was about, right? That's the letter that they were going through. So you might ask yourself, is this inconsistent in reading this moment? But no, it's not. It's actually incredibly consistent with the gospel because this was done, not done as a means of salvation. This was done as a means of cultural appropriation in order to minister to people who had cultural barriers. He was willing to take personal measures. And Paul was able to fulfill those personal measures to help fulfill God's mission in his church. It's an incredible thing to see. And friends, God is raising up and strengthening believers right now to bring hope of the gospel to a world overwhelmed with uncertainty. As the world looks out in moments of uncertainty, and as we look out uncertain of the future, we know that there's the hope of the gospel within us, and God gives us a place to be. God is giving us a part to play in this as helpers of delivering and proclaiming and through his gospel. Our actions and personal measures are the message that will be the hope that people see in the Gospels. I was recently watching this uh, interview of Mr. Rogers. And in this interview, he's talking about how one time or when he would be a boy and he would listen to different news casts and programs talking about catastrophic events, that he would start to get a bit fearful and he would start to become afraid as a boy. 
but his mom would speak to him, would, would say these comforting words to him. And, and this is what he said. He said, you know, my mother always used to say in, when, when seeing catastrophic events, always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers on the sidelines. Because if you look for the helpers, you will know that there's hope. We are the helpers. Now is the time to press in and pray often. Read the Psalms with us together. Let the church join in proclaiming and praying the Psalms. Pray in the evening with us. In our joint prayers and through our creative discipleship, we will begin to discover just how much God is strengthening his people and how the hope of the gospel is spreading through the world right now during this season. But friends, that's not all that he's doing. Verse four and five, we see, tells us the response of this leadership. It would be a shame to think that the results only come from Paul and Silas and Timothy when they go to these, these different towns and they um, send these letters to them. The churches were strengthened in the faith and grew because they recognized this. They recognized that the movement was far greater than themselves. The little church in Lystra, the little church in Iconium, Barnabas, Mark, back to the church in Jerusalem, each expression of God's church was fulfilling his mission. Everyone had a part to play, from the servant leaders to the discouraged disciple. God in his grace is turning out in this season of uncertainty for his good. Our hope is declared with Paul in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 5. And this is what I want to leave us with. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. Why do we ask? Because of this, the Lord is near. Church, the watching world will see God's mission being fulfilled when out of seasons of uncertainty, we, the helpers, respond with strength in the gospel and hope because we know that the Lord is near and he is moving. And that is why we rejoice. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the good news that you bring to the world and to your people. We thank you, Father, for strengthening us. We thank you for equipping us. We thank you for leading us and encouraging us through your spirit. As we look out at this time, we see a world and events that feel uncertain, but we know we can rest in the hope of the gospel. Would you continue to show us that? And would you continue to press in as we press in to your mission? 
We love you so much. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.